Whether you've got a green thumb, a black thumb, or your all thumbs, we've got tips for organizing and planning your garden with Annie Chebek of Seed Babies. Welcome to Cocktails in Containers, your source for organizing strategies perfectly paired with a cocktail. And now, here's your host, who's outdoorsy in the sense that she loves happy hour on a patio, Christy Lingo. Hello and welcome to this springtime edition of Cocktails and Containers. I know it's still the beginning of March, but I feel spring in the air. I know it's coming. I have faith it will be here around the corner. And that is what inspired this episode today. While I may not be a great gardener, I do my best each year to try to grow some food in our backyard. And it's something that my boys really enjoy doing. And I think it actually helps them to eat more vegetables also. So I decided to bring on an expert to help us with organizing and planning our gardens. And that expert is Annie Chebek. She's a kitchen garden coach and founder of Seed Babies in Columbus, Ohio. Seed Babies is dedicated to teaching and inspiring people to grow food at home. She believes everyone can and should have a kitchen garden. And with the right garden plan in place, it's possible to have a garden that fits your style, your life, and your budget. And before we roll into my interview with Annie, I want to welcome everybody who has sprung into the podcast today. My name is Christy Lingo, and I am a mom, productivity, and business coach, professional organizer, and mom to two boys living in Columbus, Ohio. I started this podcast to help moms out there organize and simplify their family life so they could do more of what they love with who they love. Because if you're going to be a parent, you might as well like doing it. And I have found time and time again that the simpler you make your family life, the easier doing those things you love is. Whether this is your first episode or your 75th episode, remember you can get any of the cocktail recipes that we do here. Check out past episodes and any of the freebies that we give away by visiting our show notes, which are available at podcast.cocktailsandcontainers.com. And without further ado, let's jump into my conversation with Annie Chebek of Seed Babies, all about organizing and planning your garden. All righty, we are here with Annie Chebuck from Seed Babies today, and we're going to talk all about organizing and planning your garden, because now's the time to do it, right, Annie? Yes, absolutely. So we are going to get into Annie's tips for us today, but first, she has brought along a cocktail, and of course, since we're talking about gardening, we're going to have a little herby cocktail going on. We are doing a blackberry herb cocktail and this is going to serve six people. You're going to start out by making a simple syrup with two cups of blackberries, a quarter cup plus two tablespoons of sugar and two thirds of a cup of water and 1.5 tablespoons of finely chopped rosemary. You'll put all of those into a nice medium saucepan and you're going to simmer it to make this really great herby, blackberry, tart, sweet, simple syrup, which on top of this cocktail, like would be great probably just with like some sparkling water, I would assume, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be a cocktail. So 
Simmer the blackberries, the sugar, the water, and the rosemary in a saucepan until it starts to thicken and it reduces by about two thirds, which is you know, gonna be a, probably about 20 minutes. And then what you wanna do is strain out all the bits. You're gonna have a little bit of seeds from the blackberries and you're gonna have those pieces of rosemary in there. Mm -hmm. So put it into a fine mesh sieve and let it sit for about five minutes. You don't wanna press it down because you don't wanna like squeeze it out, but you do wanna get all of that liquid out and it should be about two thirds of a cup once you do that. Then you're going to chill your simple syrup and once it's chilled, divide it into six champagne flutes and top it with some chilled Prosecco. And you brought me this recipe. Where did you find it, Annie? Um, so I actually used this recipe. I did a um, create your own cocktail herb planters workshop last year. And obviously we had to have some cocktails to go along with that. <laughs> that is such a fun workshop. It How was, did I miss this? <laughs> it was really fun. It was actually a private workshop, but hopefully we'll have some public ones this year. But yeah, it was a lot of fun. And there's different ways to infuse herbs into cocktails. So this was kind of showcasing one of those ways by like kind of infusing it in a simple syrup. I love it. And what's so funny is that I'm recording an episode about time blocking with one of my friends as a professional organizer this week. And she sent me some ideas. And one of the cocktails that she sent me has a thyme infused blackberry Ooh. simple syrup, which I was like, there must be something with those infused simple syrups yeah. that's really popular right now because uh, they obviously it's front of mind for people. And again, we're going into spring, we're thinking about yeah. gardens, we're thinking about all, all this kind of stuff. So I think that this would be a great cocktail to use up those herbs that you're going to be planting in your garden, right? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, oh. it's really good. And they're really fun to garnish too. So oh, you can right. garnish with a sprig of rosemary and just makes it look cute and pretty. Oh yeah, I bet that's really pretty too with sort of the deep colors of the blackberry and then yeah. the nice bright and floral, the scent of the rosemary is gonna be really beautiful in there. So that's yeah. awesome. Well, of course you can pick up this recipe and all the recipes that we do here on Cocktails and Containers by visiting the show notes, which are available at podcast.cocktailsandcontainers.com. But now we're gonna learn a little bit more about Annie and how she can help us plan and organize our gardens. So Annie and I, we sort of knew each other peripherally through yeah. a local mom's club. We sort of like recognized names, I think. Right. And then we officially met, uh, we joined a, a local mom in business mastermind. And, mm -hmm. and when I met her and then I walked away and I was like, I would love to get her on the podcast to talk about organizing your garden. Because as I was saying to her before we started recording, organizing touches more of your life than just your clothes and your food or your desk and your papers. Like taking time to plan and organize different activities that you're involved in can really make it easier and more fun. So we're going to start out, totally. tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started in what you're doing. So, um, well, first I actually remember one evening in mom's club, we had a get together and it was talking about starting your own business and you were there and you were talking all about it. And that's when I was thinking about starting my business. And that really helped to inspire me. So, oh, I love that. I yeah. forgot. I completely forgot about that. That was about two years ago. Yes. Yeah. 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 I really liked that. That was awesome. So anyway, um, I actually learned to grow food in New York City, of all places. I was living there during my 20s. I was working in the fashion industry. 
And I lived in a few different areas of the city, but at one point I moved to Alphabet City, which is like the far east village. And I remember when I first moved there, I was walking around and exploring and I noticed these like tiny community gardens and they were everywhere. And I just thought it was the coolest thing. Like they were tucked in between these big buildings and, you know, there's always people in there. And I just thought it was so amazing in such like a big city that there were these like tiny little pocket gardens. So I joined one on my block and I really just fell in love with it. I learned, I knew, and I knew nothing when I started, nothing. So I learned everything from my fellow community gardeners, which was such an amazing experience to learn from a fellow gardener. And it was, it was just amazing. It was such a fun time. And then eventually we decided to relocate to Columbus. So I moved to German Village and that's where I designed and planned my first garden. And it, I, I, again, fell in love with it. It was so much fun. And I was like, oh, I, wa I want to do more of this. So I started doing it for friends and family. And then we moved to Clintonville and I designed and planned my garden here. And then more and more people just kind of started asking me for help. So that's kind of how I got started. That's amazing. I love how it sort of grew out of a passion that you had. And then people yeah. saw that you had a skill and then they're like, will you help me too? And now you can make money doing it. It's great. Yeah, it is. <laughs> That's awesome. So you help people plan their gardens, but you also sort of teach people about gardening. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. So I, um, I mean, my company Seed Babies, I design, build, plan, and maintain gardens. So it is a lot on the planning aspect. I, I emphasize that a lot because I do think that it's really important. And then, yes. So I also want to focus on teaching people how to care for the garden throughout the season. So that's kind of where the coaching comes in. So it's not just leaving you with this garden plan and saying, okay, goodbye, good luck. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Throw some water on it and there yeah. might be food. <laughs> but actually learning how to take care of it and maintain it yourself. I love that. Okay. So you said that the planning is really, really important. Yeah. And so I just want to know for, from my aspect, which I would call myself a novice to like mid-range gardener. Like we've mm -hmm. had gardens. Um, my husband tore it out to make a patio. Now we're trying to figure out where we're <laughs> going to put it again. Um, but I have been able to grow food. So I'm at least past that hurdle. But why is it so important to take the time now here in early March to plan out our garden? So I always say, and I find this to be true, a well-planned garden is typically more successful, less stressful, and less time-consuming overall. I mean, it's like anything else. Like, what's that saying of failed to plan and plan to fail. Absolutely. A hundred percent. I was like, that's pretty much across the board in anything. When you it plan, you're, it's going to be so much more successful. Yes. And it's true in gardening too. I think a lot of people, you know, wait until the weather gets warm, like mid-May, and then they just throw a bunch of seeds and plants into the ground and hope for the best. And that might work for some time, um, but I hear from a, a lot of people more often than not that mid-season, they're feeling very overwhelmed. They're not sure what they're supposed to be doing. So if you take the time to really think about now, like what your maybe goals are in your garden, and then also how much time you have, that's really important. And then think about what you want to be getting out of your garden 
and kind of putting those two things together, you're going to have a more successful garden. And not only that, but people, you can actually start planting as early as April 1st in Columbus. Oh, wow. Because I had always heard you had to wait until after Mother's Day. No, a lot of people think that. And I even I thought that for a long time, but there's actually cool weather crops. Um, They need cooler temps in order to thrive. So by having your plan in place, you're able to take advantage of the entire growing season, but also you're starting your cool weather crops, like a lot of leafy greens, spinach, stuff like that. They need those cool temps. So they're going to be much more productive if you're starting them earlier. A lot of people will wait until May when it's warm and then they get frustrated and disappointed when those crops don't perform very well. Well, that could explain why my lettuces have a tendency to die out really quickly if I'm not planting them until (laughs) mid-May. Yes, yes. They probably don't last as long. They don't like the heat very much. Oh, I, okay. Very good to know. I see. And I always, I knew that you had to start your, if you were going to start seeds, you needed to start them sort of early March, February, right? Is that typically if you're going to grow something from seed? If you're going to start indoors. Yes. Um, but you can direct sow seeds outdoors as well, Yes, which is what I usually do because, you know, I don't have a ton of time and I don't have a ton of space in my house. So I prefer just to direct sow them in the ground. So yeah. Interesting. All right. See, I'm learning so much already. (laughs) (laughs) So when it comes to planning and sort of laying out your garden, so what's going to go where, you know, you've decided what you want to get from it. You've decided about how big you want it to be so that you can maintain it. Well, when it comes to laying it out, do you have any tips for us as far as like what goes next to what? Yes. So, well, there's a couple things to consider. Um, I mean, first you want to consider how much sunlight you're getting. So, well, that's going to help you narrow down your plant list, but also if there's a certain section of your garden that's getting more sun than others, then you want to put sun-loving plants there. So it's a good idea to kind of watch how the sun moves across your space because plants like tomatoes, peppers, and beans, they really love the sun and they'll do better. The more sun, the better. Six to eight hours is great for them. But if you have a part of your garden that's maybe getting um, some afternoon shade or maybe it's only getting like four hours of sun, then it's great to plant things like herbs and leafy greens because they can tolerate less sun. And some of them too, because they don't like the heat, like those leafy greens, they might even do better with a little bit of shade. So thinking about how the sun moves across the space is good. And then also if you're considering like companion planting, like what likes to be planted with what Good things to start with are marigolds, like interplanting with marigolds and nasturtium. Marigolds love tomatoes. Those are a really good pairing. Tomatoes and basil are really good pairings. Carrots and leafy greens are good together. If you're going to plant brassicas like kale or broccoli rabe, nasturtium is really great companions with those. But if you're, if you're new to companion planting, I always say just interplant with marigolds and nasturtium. Those are great. They attract pollinators. They help um, deter certain pests. So those are good things to start with. Oh, I see. I was just going to ask you what companion planting was because I, I had known that you should plant. I, somebody had told me to plant marigolds around the outside of my garden. Yeah. Um, 
but I had never known. I knew something had had to do with pest control, but I didn't think about the pollinating side of it. I mean, because you need we need this whole little ecosystem going. It's not totally. just sun and water. You know, you need the pollinators and you need the male and the female plants and all this kind of stuff going on. But uh, I had never known exactly what a companion plant was and why. So this is great. So, yes. you know, get some nasturtium, you said. In, nasturtium and, and marigolds. Yeah. And marigolds. Those are going to help your garden to thrive. And, you know, you're talking about sunlight. And I know that in my backyard, you know, we, we're city dwellers. We live in yeah. houses, but we live in the city. Our backyards aren't particularly big. So I think that this is something that I have not done previously because I'm so close to my neighbors and they have trees mm -hmm. and things like that. As I go to plot out where we will grow some food this summer in our backyard, I do need to kind of keep an eye on where the sun is because we don't have a lot of places that would get a lot of sun in our backyard. So that's something that I have never done before. We've always had an okay yield on tomatoes and right. things like that, but never like I see some of these people on Facebook where they're giving away like tomatoes and cucumbers. I'm like, how in the world are you getting so much stuff? Like I'm yeah. lucky to get like six tomatoes, you know? So yeah. that's a really great tip, especially if you're in a small place. Yes. Yeah. It could definitely be an issue of sunlight. And yeah, so they will still grow in less light, but they won't be as productive. So gotcha. that's something to keep in mind. Well, and something too, and I, I didn't prep you for this, but I'm going to ask it anyways, okay. container planting. So is that something that like, so if I have an area of my yard that maybe gets a little bit more sun, but it isn't necessarily someplace where my husband wants me to dig it up and, <laughs> and plant a garden there, is, is that good for things like tomatoes and cucumbers? Or what would you recommend if we were going to container garden? So container gardening can be tricky. I don't generally recommend it. Um, because a couple reasons, they dry out quickly, which the plant will underperform, you know, if it's constantly being stressed from water. And then also, especially for bigger plants, it stunts root development. Okay. Like tomatoes and um, cucumbers, they really need a lot of space for good, strong root development. So you can plant them in containers. Um, but also they might not be as productive. So I don't know if that would kind of negate the, the purpose. Well, maybe I'll present it to him as the size container that I would need. It's going to kill your grass anyways. So you might as well just let me dig it up. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. If you are going to do a container, like things that are great for containers are lettuces and herbs because they have shallow root systems. And also I recommend putting them in a large container, like a large and deep container. So it's not gonna dry out as quickly and group the plants together. So you get, make yourself like a little salad and herb container garden. And that way it's not drying out as quickly. So you're not constantly watering it and they have plenty of space for root development. Excellent. All right, that's great tips. And you're talking about watering. I did have a question from our Facebook group. Chris asked, she feels like she's never getting watering right. So is there any tips for, so that you don't underwater or overwater anything that you totally. have in your garden? Yeah, that's a really good question. So with watering, what you want to do once your plants are established, um, because when you're planting, if you're planting seeds, you need to keep them moist so they'll germinate. So you need to water a lot when you when you're planting seeds. But once your plants are established, you want to switch over to watering more deeply, less often. So you're going to give it like a really good soaking and watering. 
Um, it's best if you can water as close to soil level as the roots as possible because more of the, you're going to lose less to evaporation. And then also you're not getting water on the foliage, which could attract like some pests and diseases. Okay. So it's good to water close to the soil level. I mean, drip irrigation is awesome for that, but I know not everyone can put in a drip irrigation system. (laughs) (laughs) So I, my, I would say watch the weather. If there's no rain, water deeply, like three times a week. Okay. So if I, you know, if you're going to do overhead watering with a sprinkler, I would do that for a solid hour. Oh, okay. Oh, that's, yeah. yeah, Okay. But if you're going to like get in there and like water with a hose, just like water at once, kind of let it sink in and then water it again, just like give it a really good soaking. And that also encourages good root development because you're watering less, which means the roots are going to reach down further into the soil. So it's going to be a stronger root system which is going to be more productive and healthy versus if you're watering not very much, but very often, the roots are going to be more shallow. Okay. And see, that's it. We want healthy plants that are going to produce a lot because if we're going to put the time and the effort into planning and planting and growing, we want to get as much as possible. Not like the six tomatoes that I got (laughs) last year. Well, it's not nothing. It is. It's something. It's something. So- One thing that I always talk about with organizing is the importance of maintenance because so many times people like, oh, let's organize the pantry and it's done and they don't realize that they have to keep putting effort into it. And obviously the same thing is going to be true of our garden. You know, you spoke to this idea of thinking about the time that you're going to have in the summer to actually take care of it. So what is... When someone's planning out their garden, what sorts of time do they need to think about as far as the maintenance throughout the growing season? Yeah. So, um, I mean, initially you need a good chunk of time to get it set up and planted and prepped for planting. But as far as regular maintenance goes, I mean, it will vary a little bit depending on the size and what you plant, but I would say probably at least an hour per week of maintenance. I mean, the more you are out there and like touching your garden and doing things, the healthier it's going to be. But, you know, if you are stretched for time, you can plan more low maintenance plants like leafy greens, herbs, beans, and some root veggies. Those are very low maintenance. They don't require a whole lot of care during the season. So if you're really pressed for time, like I would recommend doing those Um, and then just get out there at least once a week, check on them, harvest them, um, and just, you know, that way. But, but that's like really easy. So you don't need as much time for that versus plants like tomatoes, cucumbers, they require a little bit more care during the season. So that's something to keep in mind when you're doing your garden plan as well. And not that, you know, they require so much time, but they do require some pruning, some trellising. They are slightly more prone to pests. So if you do get the pests, you need to be kind of treating for that. All right. Yeah. Cause that is something you know, I never knew, you know, again, when I first started out, I'm like putting tomatoes into a container and being like, Hey, what's going on. But then my husband was teaching me about how I have to prune back the tomato plant that, what do they call the, the feeder or 
the little like you have to prune off the little shoots yes, that are coming out of yes. the other shoots and all I'm this kind of stuff. On what it's called too. <laughs> I, feel like I should know that. I, I, if you pointed me, uh, if you gave yeah. me a, a picture of a plant, I'd sucker. be able to tell you sucker. There you go. That's sucker. what I'm thinking. This the little sucker thing, so that it makes yeah. the the individual little shoots, you know, more productive and things like that. And I never knew all that kind of stuff. So obviously, there's layers to this. You're gonna learn the more that you do it. You're gonna figure yes. out what grows best in your soil. You're going to figure out where your best sunlight is and stuff like that. But I, I yes. think that the big thing is, you know, you started in New York city with very little space and mm -hmm. now, you know, you can, you have a super productive garden that's out there. So I think that if it's something that somebody is interested in, it's definitely worth taking the plunge and figuring out, you know, what, what can you grow this summer in your garden? Yes. Yes. That's a really good point because I would say, yeah, if you're interested, just start and you're not going to be perfect at it and you're going to learn and get better over time. Uh, but you know, it's like anything else. The more you practice it, the better you get at it. So absolutely. Well, Annie has a ton of tips and fun pictures of gardening online. So can you tell the people where they can find you on social media? Yeah. So I am on Instagram and Facebook as Seed Babies. And then I have my website is seedbabiesgrow.com. Excellent. Well, Annie, thank you so much for taking time today yeah. to help us with our gardens this summer. Thanks for having me. I loved being here. I hope you're as inspired to get out and plant some food in your backyard as I am. And before we go today, let's do a quick review of Annie's tips. First, you need to take some time to plan your garden now because a well-planned garden is more successful, less stressful, and less time-consuming. Think about what your goals are for your garden and how much time you actually have to maintain it. When figuring out what to plant where, be sure to watch how the sun moves across your space. Plant sun-loving plants like tomatoes and cucumbers in the sunnier spots and herbs and leafy greens in the places that get a little less sun. And remember, marigolds and nasturtium will help to attract pollinators and provide natural pest control. When it comes to watering and maintaining your garden, water more deeply, less often. Give your garden a good soaking and try to water as close to the roots as possible three times a week if there's no rain in the forecast. Be sure to set aside at least an hour a week to maintain your garden once it's established. And if you're pressed for time, look for low maintenance plants like beets or root vegetables. Remember, the more time you spend in your garden space, the healthier your garden will be. Remember, you can connect with Annie, grab today's cocktail recipe, and check out past episodes in our show notes, which are available at podcast.cocktailsandcontainers.com. And be sure to tune in next week when we'll be talking time blocking for beginners with professional organizer and good friend of the podcast, Kelly Butler from The Joyful Sort. Until then, may all of your things be tidy and all of your cocktails strong. Cheers! Cheers!